So I think we need to redefine what innovation is. To me, it's about how do you provide those seamless and fruitful experiences for everybody in the ecosystem? How do you enable that? Whether it's a patient, a person coming in for a well check, a staff member, an employee, you know, clinician, it doesn't matter who it is, but technology does not automatically equate to innovation there. That was Dr. Ashwini Zanuz explaining why healthcare leaders need to think more broadly about innovation and the role technology plays in reshaping the industry. Zanuz is certainly no stranger to how technology can impact patient care, staffing, and overall operations. She was chief medical officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs, overseeing that department's massive EHR modernization effort. After that, she served as Chief Medical Officer and General Manager of Global Healthcare and Life Sciences at Salesforce, and then in 2021, she was named the CEO of Comure, an information technology company that is aiming to reimagine how healthcare organizations can connect all of their systems and applications. In this podcast, Zanus and Oliver Wyman's Santiago Doria talk about ways that leaders can become more strategic in their decisions to deploy technology and the need to anchor those rollouts to specific goals. Zanus says that CEOs need to start viewing themselves as chief innovation officers in order to drive meaningful change. This special Oliver Wyman podcast was recorded as part of the Oliver Wyman Health Innovation Journal. This year's journal examines the new norms and new expectations that are reshaping the healthcare industry. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. For more insights on the business of transforming healthcare, visit our online publication, health.oliverwyman.com. And now we pick things up with Zanu's setting the stage and offering her perspective on the industry's technology evolution over the past few years. It's unfortunate that it's tied to a pandemic. But there has been a lot of rapid adoption and rapid growth of the technology like innovation ecosystem, right? So I think that's a that's a positive in one sense. But if you take a step back, I would say what we've actually enabled is innovation in pockets. And what we've enabled is incredible amount of money to flow in through uh, venture, through PE, through all these different sources into the innovation to address like the specific pain points of any particular individual or a health system without thinking about the long-term consequences of how all of those need to be connected. What is the burden that somebody has to deal with at the end and who shares the brunt of that burden? You know, if you think about it, what we've actually landed on now is really a health technology disconnect. And it's a paradoxical problem. You know, the more we innovate and the more consumer centric and the more access centric we've like become, the more the patients, the people, the providers and the payers, to some extent, the rest of the ecosystem for supply chain are left to connect all of the dots and navigate all of these new technologies. So I think we need to kind of take a step back and say, what do health systems particularly? And to me, I think, you know, innovation, if you're going to put the person at the center that's getting care, you've got to focus on the health system and the provider of care. They need to take a step back and say, this is all great what's going on. Like, how do we make sure that there's forward momentum that is actually responsible innovation and that we're actually moving it forward in the right direction? That's super interesting. As you think that innovation in pockets as you called it, this health tech disconnect, 
you know, if you're in the shoes of the leadership of a health system that's getting it, that's seeing in the news all these different players and innovators come at them, you know, what should they be thinking about as they try to bring it together while maintaining quality and delivering a better experience? Yeah. Um, I say this because I was in the health systems majority of my life. I'm a provider by background and I was uh, in health system administration most of my professional career. And so if I had to step into those shoes, I would say there are three things that I would think about. First would be that we need to really redefine what innovation means for a health system and for healthcare. Technology is not innovation. Bringing in new technology is not innovation. I would say it's really a catalyst for innovation, but it's not synonymous. And I think it's a misconception that most of our industry seems to be subscribing to. So I think we need to redefine what innovation is. To me, it's about how do you provide those seamless and fruitful experiences for everybody in the ecosystem? How do you enable that? Whether it's a patient, a person coming in for a well check, a staff member, an employee, you know, clinician, it doesn't matter who it is, but technology does not automatically equate to innovation there. Two, you need to then decide like what is transformation for your health system, i.e., what is the end experience you're trying to focus on for your health system? What's your top one, two, three initiatives? And so I always say this when I talk to boards and when I talk to CEOs, I'm like, you are a CEO is really the chief innovation officer for a health system, for anybody in the healthcare ecosystem. You with your board are really thinking about what investments you want to make, what kind of meaningful changes you want to drive, and you're setting the priorities there. And that involves process and people and technology to get there. So that's the second thing. And I would say, lastly, we need to kind of define what success looks like for that innovation. Are you okay with just implementation of a process or a technology? Or have you set some kind of metric at the end to say, like, this is what success looks like for us? Because ultimately, in my experience, if you're going to set out an innovation initiative, it doesn't matter how technologically advanced or operationally focused it is. If you don't have end user adoption, it's going to die at the end of the day. And picking on your first point, we were talking about this shift away from this world of innovation and technology to enterprise strategy. Ash, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, again, I go back to my initial point of if you take a group of health systems and you take multiple individuals within each health system and you ask them, what are your top three priorities? Like, what does innovation mean to you? And what are you trying to transform? As an anecdote, you probably are going to get different answers for each of those things. What that means is like every system is looking for different pockets and focus, and every individual in that system is likely looking for different pockets of innovation. Therefore, if you are a system administrator that's trying to drive value and quality, you're going to look for a point solution that drives that particular focus. If you're an IT manager and you're looking to drive efficiency for a particular system, you're going to focus on buying technology in that space. If you're a radiologist like me and you're trying to drive you know, process efficiency, you're probably going to buy solutions in that particular space. But you've got to have somebody looking at the end-to-end -end process. Like, what does your operational system look like? What is your operating system for your healthcare system? How are all of these different tools going to come together? And to me, like that is the enterprise strategy of, like I said, one, you've got to define like, what are your priorities? Two, you've got to make sure that 
you have a system underneath that can support all of that innovation and that data should be able to exchange seamlessly and it shouldn't become another point of burden for the end user or for the patient to access it. And three, you're actually focusing on specific point solutions that address your issues, but it's being connected in a way so that you don't now have additional pockets of disparate sources of data that is not available to a patient or a clinician or a caregiver or a referring clinician or whomever is trying to care for this patient or an insurer, right? So to me, an enterprise strategy has to think about that health tech disconnect and how do you build that platform underneath to make those experiences connected? And actually, I want to, I want to maybe double click into this, particularly this idea of, you know, you'll have the radiology department asking for one thing, my primary care for one thing, RCM, it's one thing, and they're all disconnected and serve in different point solutions, bring it back to what you said at the beginning. You know, and I think over the last eight or 10 years, probably since FIRE has been out, we've been talking about this idea of interoperability. And I think we've gotten to the point where we can share data. Uh, and you've made a quick point. Healthcare has a lot of data, but we don't make it actionable. So how does the operating system fit into that? What's the hurdle that we need to cross to go from, I can see the data to, I can actually do something with the data? I think depending on who you ask in the interoperability ecosystem, they'll tell you that we're either like halfway there or not even close, you know, to where we need to be in this space. But let me just call out a couple of like data points before I start. I was reading uh, Rock Health Report sometime earlier this year, and I saw that you know every 12 hours, a new digital health company is funded. That's a lot of digital health companies. We already know that each health system has approximately 16 electronic medical record systems. So now you're adding multiple um, digital health companies to an existing set of like 16 electronic medical record systems. And you're expecting a clinician that's taking care of a panel of patients to kind of go through all of these sources of data. And you're only increasing the data sources that you're bringing in for this poor clinician to you know, sort through and for them to successfully care for this patient. So that's where I mean, you have to have an operating system underneath. And that can have a couple of different meanings. Sitting in the position I am today, operating system I'm defining as a technology because that's what we're building. But if I took a step back from a health system point of view, an operating system is really also a process. It is, how are all of these tools going to connect to each other? What is the process for people to share that data? How do you go from data to insight? And what are you going to do with that insight, right? How are you going to drive population health? And that takes a combination of standardization of the data. It takes transactional data, like data at the point of care or data at the point of whatever you're trying to do, right? So it's transactional. And then an analytics system that can drive population health data so that you can kind of look at like a population as a whole and then look back to see how you can improve things, right? And that's just in the clinical ecosystem. Add to that operational efficiencies of how do you get these folks coming in more efficiently and taken care of inside of a health system, add to that the payer-provider interactions, right? So you add to that the financial system, add to that scheduling and workflow. So you've got to think as an operating system for each healthcare to make sure that it's like meaningful and valuable. And I think that's where technology can be a catalyst, having the right tech stack to ensure that they talk to each other, they're sharing the data that you need to be shared in a format that's useful and that you have the right data when you need it 
it, it, it is an interesting shift away from interoperability as a data sharing mechanism to a data actioning mechanism. And you've mentioned this uh, during that response, the tech stack. And I think, you know, a couple of hundred billion dollars later and since 2008, I think healthcare has gone digital. We got EMRs, electronic, and 90% plus uh, of health systems or hospitals and clinicians. But, you know, often what we hear is my EMR can do that. So in the face of changing competition, innovators and starting to make data actionable, you know, what's the role of the EMR? If I'm a health system CIO or CEO even, how should I be thinking about the EMR as my tech stack? Again, I think it depends on the system. Um, let me, again, I'm a radiologist and we were the first in the healthcare clinician world to get exposed to technology. You know, I was a radiologist hanging up films and dictating uh, into a microphone when somebody else transcribed what I was saying and we put it into the system. We moved from there to digitizing imaging and getting you know, NLP and uh, voice dictation. So we've come a long way in radiology just from a digital health landscape. And I'll be the first to say, like, I didn't like it when it first started. It was counterintuitive. I was really fast with the old archaic systems and digital actually held me back, right? So it takes time. Adoption takes time. You've got to do it the right way and you've got to make sure you're continuously changing and you're adopting and you're improving. So along came EMR. Again, you know, when I first started practicing, we were writing paper notes and charts. It was efficient for that time, I thought, but as much as we complain about like the electronic medical record systems, they've done a lot for us. They are a great electronic data store. You can put everything in one place. You can go back to look at, you know, what you wrote last year. You can look at your uh, referring clinician notes. So there is a lot of data that's available within a system. And uh, you it's, it is becoming easier to do retroactive research, right? So you can call the data, you can do a lot of things with it. So I think there is a place for an electronic data store. Now, when you think about all of the technology in our lives, think about how far the telephone has come from where it used to be to where it is today. That is like the rapid pace of innovation in technology. And I think healthcare needs to continue along that road. So when you look at a lot of the electronic medical record technology, this is technology that started 20 years ago. So as long as like the vendors are keeping up and building to a <clears throat> open approach of open platform, sharing interoperability, they're able to have <clears throat> a system where you don't have to buy the end-to-end, -end, that you can have bits and pieces of whatever you need as a system to put together and they still work together and you have the best in class. I think electronic medical records have a place Right? But they were best built for storing the data and for billing of patients. If they can do more than that and they can be competitive, I think there's an extension of that and in coming into a platform. But until that, I think we have to look as health systems, as CIOs, as you know, entrepreneurs, as innovators to say, how do we improve this and make it better? How do we go from like a landline telephone to a 30 pound you know, cell phone to what we have today, which is this incredible you know, a uh, computer that we hold in our hands every single day that we can do so much more than just making phone calls, right? But that is the adoption, you know, uh, transformation that you want to see in technology, including in healthcare. It's better for everybody. So that's what I would love to see. And I think it takes more than what exists today as an EMR. 
And what role does Kamir play then in connecting to that tech stack, to those existing connections that are there and making it better and switching from that lent line um, to the iPhone? So we have built the first true operating system in healthcare. We have built a system that is an open platform. We prescribe to common standards. You know, we're not trying to make our own standards in healthcare. And our operating system serves today health systems. And what we are aiming to do is take the best of their investments that they've made, whether it's their EHR or laboratory system or radiology system or financial planning system, connect it to the platform, take data from these different sources and make it actually useful and actionable, bring insights to action to your earlier point, right? Not just transfer data, to actually provide data that's meaningful and useful. And then the second layer on top of that is to provide a low-code, no-code developer platform that is very specifically built for the healthcare ecosystem to add and extend workflows. So instead of if your EHR, for example, or your uh, scheduling system is unable to do something, instead of having to go out and find a particular solution for that tiny little piece, it's much easier, cheaper, and faster when you can extend that workflow to take it from where it is today to where you would like it to be for your health system. That's your IP. And so we provide the workflow, the automated workflow layer that you can have on top. And of course, you know, we're in the ecosystem every day. We're seeing challenges. We're seeing problems. So we too see things that can be broadly used beyond one healthcare system as a product line. And so um, the third layer for us is we have out-of-the-box solutions that we built readily available to be installed that you can use to solve your solutions. And we're kind of focused in a couple of areas because a true platform allows many things to be built on top and many things to be integrated. So we're not gonna be able to solve every single piece of healthcare uh, and what they're trying to solve, but our goal is to bring a connected experience to the systems that exist within. I, I would say ideally our goal is that we're working in the background and nobody knows that we exist and that we're removing the tension out of a system, whether it's for a clinician or a financial system. So we're like, we're focused to empower the healthcare ecosystem workforce so that they should know we exist. They should know that their work has just gotten simpler and easier and better. Can you share maybe some of the examples of, you know, how does this translate into reality, into the, into the front lines, if you will, for the hospital operations? Yeah. So again, we have a platform, like I said, on the back end. So we're working with a system, for example, that has two big EHRs. They have two different laboratory systems and three radiology systems. And they have multiple third-party systems that are bringing in data. And somebody on the provider side is trying to make sense of all of this. It is left to the health system CIOs to bring all of this together with band-aids and rubber bands. And so they are working with us successfully over the past, you know, let's say year or so where we've installed the operating system to connect multiple systems together. And one, they've found redundancy on the back end of the tech stack. They've said, oh, we're using this particular technology for the same thing in three different departments. So there's technology efficiency that they have found. Uh, a second example is we have a couple of different systems that are working with us in different areas of workforce optimization. So we have uh, one system that's working with us. They had you know, really manual processes for uh, nurse scheduling and they had manual they had some point solutions on how the nurses would actually get scheduled into a dashboard 
And none of it was connected to HR and payroll on the back end. So they worked with us to connect their current scheduling system, their HR, their payroll. <clears throat> and what they found was, well, this is great now that it's all connected, but how do I actually like get this to be seamless? So they've built workflows on top of us to automate a lot of it. So you're able to, let's say, get uh, ex- you know nurses that aren't part, like contract nurses, to quickly log in with their phones, check the schedule. It you know it tells you when you're understaffed, overstaffed. You're able to um, activate, send out messages, find the right like level of care that's needed for the acuity. And once they're in the system, it actually goes back to HR and payroll so that you know somebody's been on shift, right? So it's providing that connection of all of these different systems and providing an end-to-end loop. Um, version one, we got that out within seven weeks since the project started. Uh, so it was a pretty fast turnaround for this health system. And now we're looking to scale it. So that's another example. I mean, you brought up the safety uh, one, uh, which is another example of optimization where nursing violence and health system violence has just been on the increase. Uh, and so we have a solution where you can use real-time location system where you can activate a button when, when uh, employees in distress let security and others know that you need help. It actually gives you, you know, a map of where you need to be. It de-escalates when people around you show up and ask you if you need help. And then it's able to track for quality and safety for a health system, how many incidents that they have decreased by installing our system. So the technology on the back end is the same in terms of like, you can use real-time location system technology for a lot of different reasons. But for us, it's like, these health systems are looking at us to say, here's the problem we have, and we'd like to connect this to solve this particular issue, but it's not a point solution. Change is hard, and change is hardest in healthcare. And you probably know it better than anyone, right? Because you were leading digital health innovation at the VA, serving over 20 million patients or so. You started speaking at the beginning a little bit about this, but there's the role of the CEO as the innovator. There is taking into account the end users. When driving this sort of change, what else should health systems be thinking about? Well, if you do not think of the people that are going to be the users, I think change management is going to be very hard. Adoption is going to be difficult. And most importantly, you're not innovating responsibly because you're not actually thinking about the consequences and what kind of societal harm it can do in the long run, because you're only thinking about it from a technology perspective. And so whenever you're bringing any sort of innovation into, uh, especially a healthcare ecosystem where it's like you're impacting life and death, you've got to like have end user input and you've got to have it in meaningful ways because they're actually dealing and taking care of people day to day and dealing with the processes. So to me, What was successful, what I saw when there were successful initiatives, even in a system as large as the VA, it had input at the top, it had stakeholder engagement, and it really had end users, whether it was a scheduler, you know, who would use a scheduling system to come and give input, or whether it was radiology technologist that was looking at, you know, automation of some of those workflows, or if it was a clinician that was providing specialty care to kind of say, you know, everybody wants to um, customize every workflow to the way they need it. But when you get input from multiple people, you can make sure you build it in a way that's configurable. So on the back end, you're still supporting a good 
platform, but that works for each person that you can configure it to their needs. And you're thinking about, like I said, really, at the end of the day, you want to make sure you're not harming as a result of this. And with technology, you have to be really careful. I do want to ask you one question, which we ask all of our guests. And that is, if you had all the power, time and influence in the world, what is the one thing you would change about our healthcare system? Funnily enough, I've had a lot of time to think about this. I was a patient recently, and I was thinking about this himself, you know, reflecting on this. I don't know if there is a silver bullet for healthcare. I think we've come a long way, and there's a lot for us to do. And I think actually, if we think about magical thinking for healthcare, we're going to fail. So I'm going to chicken out a little bit and tell you that there's no magic wand or power that's going to fix this. It's really grunt work and hard work. You got to just do the work and put in the work to fix healthcare. Now, having said all that, (laughs) I would say, you know, from my recent experience as a patient, and from my previous experiences, actually, as a caregiver, I would tell you that healthcare is extremely fragmented and disempowering sometimes for a patient, especially one who is like chronically ill. So if I could really fix anything, I would focus on how do you have an integrated service for uh, the patients who are really ill? And how do you ensure that there is connectivity of the data? Because most of these patients have comorbidities. How do you have care navigation for these patients so that they don't have to bear the brunt of the burden of the care coordination and navigation? And how do you take the work out so that these, you know, the patients that have to go in multiple times into these health systems have a wonderful experience? And I think all of that goes to like, removing the friction and having a non, like really removing the fragmentation from the health system, the health system experience. So really the answer to your question is we have to do the hard work, (laughs) Santiago. It's not, it's not easy. (laughs) Power and influence will not fix this. Thank you, Ash, for, for taking part of the conversation. It's uh, certainly inspiring. I'm excited for the path ahead. Thanks, Santiago. Excited to be here. And thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global consulting management firm, Oliver Wyman. For more insights on the business of transforming healthcare, visit our online publication, health.oliverwyman.com.